When people in the Midlands want to talk, they talk to Will Faulkner. Well, good morning. How's your Wednesday? Not too many more sleeps to go until the big night. Now, on the agenda this morning, if you don't have enough money for Christmas dinner, meet the man who is going to feed over 200 families in the Midlands this Christmas. If you should find yourself before the emergency departments in Port Leash, Mullingar or Tullamore Hospitals, they have a message for you ahead of the Christmas season. It is a time, unfortunately, of trips and falls. And never mind from the couch to 5K, Peter Dunn from Midlands 103 Breakfast is going from the studio chair to a full marathon. (laughs) Good luck, Peter. When you call 0818 300 103 is my number. You can text, you can WhatsApp. 083 30 10 103. The bald eagle of Tullamore shall be here in a few minutes as well to discuss DIY. So let's see what's on the front pages this morning. Uh, Irish Times, first of all. Gortha not told Galway Hotel was for migrants, it says. This a reference to the hotel in County Galway, which was set ablaze in a suspected arson over the weekend. And even though the Department of Integration knew it was going to become a centre for asylum seekers, approximately 70 people, they didn't alert Gorthy to this so that extra security could be put in place. So the Gartha Commissioner claimed at a press conference yesterday. Now, elsewhere, on the front of the Irish Daily Star... Dad didn't speak to Aslan for his last seven months, a claim from the daughter of Christy Dignam. And her response comes after some online trolls had a go at her because Aslan are not included in a celebration of Christy's music next May. And you would think, on the surface, yes, of course Aslan should be involved. Isn't that the band with which he made his name? But for whatever reason, there was a falling out in the last months of his life and he didn't speak with them. Moving to the Irish Independent, Gorthy to get powers to detain drivers for drug testing. Amazing they don't have this already. But there are some changes to the road traffic laws, which will take effect if the Cabinet approves today. For instance, that you will be... Uh, receiving penalty points not just for one offence at a time, but if you are involved in, let's say, speeding, dangerous overtaking, not wearing your seatbelt on your mobile phone, all at the same time, then you will receive the penalty points for each and every offence. Whereas as it stands, it tends to be just the most serious offence. Let's go inside the newspapers and see what they're talking about. Again, back to the issue in Galway, the hotel fire, other councillors from Fianna Fáil, not just those in Galway, are wading in to the immigration debate in a way that perhaps party headquarters would prefer they didn't. For instance, William O'Leary, who is elected in Cork, is condemning people who buy and rent buildings for refugee accommodation as being worse than the English landlords of decades ago and as bad as any drug cartel. To loud applause at a protest against 56 asylum seekers moving into a former B&B in Fermoy, he said they are the biggest traitors 
out of everyone. Now, France has changed its laws relating to immigration in a way that perhaps people will argue for here or indeed oppose. Emmanuel Macron, his party would be fairly centre on the political spectrum and those on the left of centre in his party are outraged after they approved a new immigration law that will reduce benefits for non-French people in the country unless they are living there for five years or working there for three. And this has been hailed by Marine Le Pen, who, along with her father Jean-Marie Le Pen, founded the National Front, which later became the National Rally, and they are regarded as being among the more right-wing parties in Europe. She has claimed this as an ideological victory. Uh, there will be other measures, such as toughened rules for foreign students, immigration quotas. They will make it harder for foreign nationals to declare their children as French, even if they are born in France. And if a dual national is sentenced for a serious crime against the police, they could lose French citizenship. Would you have a difficulty if we did that in Ireland? Should we follow suit? Or is it regressive, as some in France believe it to be? Anyway, more details in the Irish Times. Closer to home, the soul-destroying experience of buyers in the Ringfort estate in Rathmaloyne in County Meath, people who expected to be moving into their homes this Christmas, who have paid up to €30,000 in deposits and who have discovered in the last few months the builder, the contractor rather, the developer, Meathomatic Limited, Meathomatic is in financial difficulty and is in receivership. And so the homes initially wouldn't be built unless they handed over an extra €60,000 on top of what they had already agreed to pay. But having the firm in receivership now means those homes will not be sold to them. The auctioneer was instructed to refund their booking deposit of €5,000 so if the estate is eventually finished, it will be placed back on the open market, not at 2020 prices, but presumably at 2024, 2025, whenever it's finished prices. And for those who waited in the meantime, their affordability has been stretched. Story in the Irish Independent. If you... Donald Trump is in the news this morning because the Colorado Supreme Court has disqualified him from contesting the 2024 presidential election in that state. Now, don't for a moment think he's off the ballot full stop. He will appeal this to the Supreme Court of the United States. He has already branded it to be a political stunt. And the case will hinge on several questions. Was it an insurrection when his supporters stormed the Capitol on the 6th of January of 2021? He hasn't been convicted of that. Like him or not, politics aside, there is no conviction against him for insurrection. And do the courts have the authority to do this? That's going to be another question the Supreme Court of the United States, the Federal Supreme Court, will have to answer. But Colorado has taken this stance and other states may follow suit. If you are a type 2 diabetic, 
You might want to pick up a copy of the Irish Times today. They report on a new study by Queen's University in Belfast. And they have examined how taking more fruit, veg and whole grain in your diet, following a plant-based diet, in other words, is both helpful in the treatment of diabetes, but it is especially valuable in avoiding the condition in the first place. So they observed about 113,000 people over a 12-year period, of whom 2,600 developed type 2 diabetes, but they found those who had consumed the plant-based diet were far, far less likely to have abnormal sugar levels. Those people also enjoyed lower inflammation, improved kidney and liver function. So that is the case for the plant-based diet, I'm sure. Uh, it is going to be contested by those in the... And, and just for the record, by the way, this wasn't an anti-meat agenda. This was an anti-refined sugars agenda. So those in the confectionery industry, the snacks, the desserts, the refined grains... It's really targeting them. Mary Lou MacDonald has been interviewed in the Irish Times about her priorities if she is elected as Taoiseach and head of government. And one of the promises is that Dublin house prices would fall to an average of €300,000. That would be a drop of grand from where they are at the moment, which will make her very popular if she achieves it among a certain group of voters. But if you're already on the property ladder, especially if you just recently purchased, you might not be too happy to hear that. Other things she talks about, whether it is against freedom of the press that she has taken a legal action against RTE for defamation and her husband has done likewise against the journalist and former politician Shane Ross. She says defamation is against the law. She has no problem with criticism, but when it crosses into defamation, it is illegal. And therefore, she has no difficulty contesting it. Lighter side of the news, what have we spent on this year? AIB has published its data based on credit card and debit card trends, and they found that, for instance, Coldplay and Bruce Springsteen fans spend more than Swifties. Swifties tend to be teenagers and those in their 20s, and I suppose the spending power is more limited. Also, they found the busiest day in the pubs was, surprise, surprise, St. Patrick's Day. Overall, the fellas spend more in the pub than the ladies. If you are in the hair, barber, beauty business, May is the busiest month of the year, possibly because of the weddings likely as well communion and confirmation season, whereas January is the quietest month for haircuts. Our favourite destinations, where we spent the most money going this year, the UK tops the list, I suppose that makes sense, followed by France, Spain, the US and Italy. Excuse me, Spain was ahead of France. And as for the top spending day in florists, again... Shock horror, it is the day before St. Valentine's Day, the 13th of February, when you will be busiest in the florist. More in the Irish Independent today. Finally, for now, it is the time of year when we get the ranking lists, the best of the best. 
and the Independent lists the best 30 footballers in the Premier League, which you can debate all day long. But for the record, they have Mo Salah of Liverpool in the top spot, just ahead of Erling Haaland. And the Irish Times has named the 50 best cars of 2024. In the top 10, still, the Ford Focus. Even though it's soon to be extinct, it's still a very capable car. Daisy a jogger in at number nine. That's actually one of the most versatile, practical cars you can buy for the money. If you're a petrol head, BMW M2 is in at eight. The Toyota Prius, which I suppose revolutionised the hybrid concept. It's at number seven. The MG4, which bears no resemblance to the original MG brand. It's an electric car out of China. It's at number six. The Jeep Avenger is at number five. Mercedes EQE. And watch the Midlands 103 socials a little bit later. There will be a review of this 2.6-ton SUV, but it is absolutely gorgeous. It's in at number four on the Irish Times top ten. Hyundai Ioniq 6. I think an acquired taste. It's an unusual looking car, but a very capable machine. That's at number three. BMW i5, the new 5 Series. That's if you've got a lot of money to spare, but it is drop-dead gorgeous. That's at number two. And the BYD Seal. BYD, yes, it's a massive manufacturer in China. They make batteries for other manufacturers, such as Tesla. And the new Seal is absolutely stunning. And it's cheaper than you might think as well. So that's why it claims the top spot in the Irish Times Top 50. Now, in a few moments, Brian Clunan shall be here to do DIY. What's your question for him? 083 30 10 103 on text and on WhatsApp. Powered by Lamb Brothers Toyota in Tullamore. <laughs> Now, with thanks to Bright Ideas Lighting, Talbot Avenue at Lone, your destination for LED bulbs, bespoke lighting for vaulted ceilings and kitchen lighting. Brightideas.ie. <laughs> Till Christmas, we've only now got five sleeps. So into studio, our honorary elf Brian leaps. He's smiling ear to ear as it's his last time this year. Will the banter be good or will it put us to sleep? Will Faulkner and Brian Clunan. <laughs> He's been inhaling the helium again. It's the only time of the year he can actually use his real voice. Mm. It's great that, that he can use it, you know, that he doesn't have to do the, the voice changing for the rest of the time. Any news for me? News, no news. I just keep going 24 hours a day at the moment. It's all mad, isn't it? Christmas is such a, a crazy time. There's a missing cat in Clombalogue. That's news. He's gone AWOL. Okay. He usually does, just right. goes pouring, basically. <laughs> can't say that on the radio. But lately... Yes? He started to become very thin at the back, hair-wise. All right. There's I can sympathise. bald patch. I can sympathise. So do you know what we started calling him? Go on, Brian. Clunan Cat. <laughs> Clunan Cat is loose around Clombalogue. If you see him with his bare rear end, please let us know. His bare... Sorry, the rear end. I can sympathise with the losing the hair on the top of the head. The rear end, I assure you, is... It's kind of around the hips. All right, OK. Anyway, he's over-grooming. You can never be accused of that. Here's a question that I think is very important to bring up at this time of year. 
A listener asks, is there anywhere I can buy Transformers for Christmas lights as I have two big sets, but the Transformers are not working and nobody seems to sell a Transformer on its own? And isn't it very important to match the correct Transformer to the lights? Now, I have to say, I think the people who produce Christmas lights purposely make it impossible. So... We're a small hardware shop and we would always try and keep... So I won't sell a lock unless I can get key blanks to suit that lock. And I won't sell, you know, something that uses bulbs unless I can get the bulbs and so on. But I do believe, quite honestly, that the Christmas lighting people purposely keep changing the transformers. So that, like, the you know the way with the phone, you can use your iPhone charger on practically all the iPhones and so on. I think they purposely do it, that you can't do that because they have different connections, physical connections, as in two pin with a little bit cut out, a round one, like the traditional old fashioned jack. There's all sorts of different types. That's the first step. The second thing then is the voltage. So like years ago, they were all 12 volt. Nowadays, they're everything from 12 volt to 36 volt but but they're all weird ones now they're 31 and a half volt and 28 volt and I don't think they need to do that I think it's on purpose so to, to make it impossible to switch over but this is the important thing it is very important not to switch over so you cannot put a 31 volt transformer on a light that uses 25 volt because you're getting extra power mm. so everything's getting hotter and that's ah, dangerous. So it becomes a fire risk. Exactly. So, like people will sometimes say, "Oh, look, I have a set of lights gone. I'll take the set. I'll take the transformer from the small set and put it in the big set." And don't. You need to read the transformer down near the plug. There'll be a little bit of white tape. So, whether it's a traditional set of lights, so the old-fashioned lights that has the, the removable bulbs, that will have. Uh, that's on the mains and that'll have a little bit of white tape they all have it by law a little bit of white tape and it says 12 volt bulbs only use 12 volt bulbs or 7 volt or whatever it is only use a voltage that they that it's supposed to be in it because otherwise it's a fire hazard and equally well using the wrong transformer will mean that either the set gets hot or the transformer will get very hot and look we never want a house fire but we never ever want a house fire at Christmas no. so really don't just mix and match and make sure when you're putting your lights away that you have the right transformer with the right set. I remember a lady one time and she had six sets of lights, six transformers. She took them all apart and it reminded me of the, the student nurse in a nursing home who decided to take all in one little ward. She took all the false teeth out and steeped them overnight and had them immaculate because some of them were yellow and covered in plaque and she had them she scrubbed them and had had them immaculate so she'd eight pairs of false teeth in a bowl steeping overnight but then in the morning they were no longer in pairs and there was no way of knowing which teeth came from who oh no so it's a little bit yeah (laughs) so it was like the worst and I don't know what the permutations are but that's 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 actually 16 sets and the permutations are probably enormous even though it's only 16 you know individual uh, pieces so it's a bit like this with the transformers you know if you put them all in a box with loose transformers the connections might be the same but the voltages could be very different so be safe and by the way just when I think of it I sent 
to a customer in Dublin. We have a customer that used to li- that lives uh, sorry used to live in Tullamore, uh, came from Tullamore, and she asked me to send up some battery operated Christmas lights, which we did. And she phoned me two days later. You know, well, you don't know because you're not in business, but you get a phone call a couple of days later from somebody who you've sent stuff to, and you go, oh, no, you know. Was there something wrong? Did I send the wrong thing? You're really busy and chasing and racing all day and you could have made a mistake. But she phoned me to say that they arrived safe and sound, which is perfect, and they arrived in the morning and she went off to work. They were on the kitchen table. She took them all out, checked them. They were all perfect. Mm. They were on the kitchen table. She came home to complete darkness because there was machinery nearby and the whole neighbourhood was out of power for about nine hours. So she came home to complete darkness. But the kitchen lights, she had the torch on her phone. So she put the batteries in the battery-operated Christmas lights mm. and hung them all around the kitchen. And she had light. In the, like, she sent me a picture. The whole kitchen was lit up. So, sorry, where I'm going with this is, we in the past would have spoken about the importance of having uh, backup lighting in your house. I never would have thought of Christmas lights. Like, if you look at three or four sets of Christmas, battery-operated Christmas lights, they provide a lot of light. And they provide a lot of safe light. So maybe when you're putting away your Christmas stuff, if you put them in somewhere inaccessible like the attic, maybe separate out. Now, always take the batteries out. Yeah, yeah, But maybe separate out your Christmas, your battery-operated Christmas lights and put them in the utility room somewhere accessible that in the event of a power cut, you just take them out and hang them around the place. So she was very, she actually, she's an elderly person, lives next door, she was saying, and she has a gas barbecue. So... She called in the neighbour, she cooked something in the barbecue, she had all the Christmas lights hanging up, and she gave two sets to her neighbour to go back home and hang up in, in uh, her house. Now, very clever. Yeah, never would have thought of it. I'm just after remembering, the last two winters, we had all of those warnings about yes. blackouts and brownouts, and yeah. the grid wouldn't be able to take all yeah, of the demand. Yeah, we didn't that this year at all. No. Yeah. So was it scaremongering of some sort? or Who knows, I heard it in the media. Yeah, you know what they're like... Are Nicholson flies still on the market? Asks Joe. Nicholson files, I'd imagine. Files, files. I beg your pardon. Yeah, okay. Yes. So Nicholson files, to my knowledge, are still made. Now they're 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 enormous money. They were a, so a file. This is a file for filing down metal, and they were the best, best, best file ever. And you'd wonder why you know how can two files that look almost identical why does one last so it's it's a harder metal and it just lasts longer much longer so yes they are still made and they are still available do you sell them uh i probably have some old stock but i don't i didn't buy them in anymore because they're so expensive but yes they're still made and you will still get them john says apart from the risk of the danger with the christmas lights it's actually not worth buying a transformer separately because a transformer typically costs more yeah. than the full set of lights. Yeah. So we tried years ago keeping the transformers, but exactly that. So we had two problems. Our problems were twofold. Number one, they won't sell, this is also a retailer, they won't sell you one transformer. So they'll, they'll sell you 12, you know, and mm. they were three quarters of the price of the set of lights. And the problem was, you know, you, you might sell five of them. The fact that they keep changing them every year or two is part of the thing. And again, it's it's like built-in obsolescence of things. They definitely keep changing them to make life more difficult that you will end up buying a new satellites. 
Brian Clunan is here from Clunan's Hardware in Tullamore until 11 o'clock this morning. We used to, just interrupt, we used to sell um, thermos flask. We still sell thermos flask, but we, sell, we used to sell thermos flask replacement refills. And there was five different sizes and we always kept them so that if you sold a flask, you could say, now if you ever break it, you know. And then what they did was they made the replacement refill almost the same price as the flask. <laughs> And then, of course, they stopped producing the refill because they said no one's buying them. And of course, no one was Mm. buying them because, you know, will I pay, say, for round sake in the day, will I pay five pounds for the refill or six pounds for a brand new shiny flask versus my old dented flask? That's it's all strategic and clever. And they are thinking ahead. Yeah, that's capitalism, my friend. Yep. You're not my friend. <laughs> it's time for the latest Community Diary with Tommy Solicitors at Loan, one of the largest, longest established and most respected firms of solicitors in the Midlands. Schlieve Bloom sponsored walks in aid of Leash Hospice Foundation taking place in Clonaslee on St. Stephen's Day. And even if you can't do the walk, maybe you can help out as a volunteer. There will be refreshments in the community centre after both walks and for more details, check out Clonus Lee St. Stephen's Day Walk on Facebook. LOETB is holding drop-in clinics for form filling and digital online support every Monday in Tullamore Library from 10 until 12 and in Port Leash Library on Tuesday from 10 until 12. And it's a free and confidential service. You don't need an appointment. It is a drop-in service. Do you want to brush up on your writing, your maths or your computer skills? Check out your local adult learning service on 057 86 for Leash or if you're in Offaly, 057 93 or check out LOETB on Facebook. Roscore Clinic treats and supports RSV, flu, pneumonia, bronchitis, COPD, as well as a range of digestive issues, skin, muscle and joint problems. They provide cancer support as well. Plus women's, men's, children's and infants health with evening appointments an option. Contact Emmett Walsh or Ava Rafalovska on 057 93 or online at medicalherbalist.ie. Moat Community Association holds a monster Christmas bingo. It's happening this evening from 8, the final Christmas bingo with a huge jackpot of €5,750 plus sit-beside prizes, a monster jackpot sheet, page 10 and flyer games and you can find details at Moat Sports and Recreation on Facebook. And finally for now, St Mary's Church of Ireland in Shinrone invites you to The Longest Night. Reflections on the season of Advent in word and in music. Tomorrow evening, 7.30, it's a free event and they'd love to see you there. The Community Diary is online at midlands103.com. Something happening in your area? Well, call Marina on 0818 300 103. The Community Diary, with thanks to Tormy Solicitors, experienced in the areas of law that affect people on a day-to-day basis. Tormies.ie Midlands Today's Mr. Fix-It, in association with Bright Ideas Lighting, Talbot Avenue Athlone, your destination for LED bulbs, bespoke lighting for vaulted ceilings and kitchen lighting. Brightideas.ie Lillian has painted her bathroom ceiling and part of the paint has flaked off. 
Now, she thought maybe it was because she did the job in March. It was very wet at the time. So she painted it again during the summer. But again, it's happening. And she's wondering, maybe could the paint have gone off? Or has Brian a theory? Yeah, no, the theory would be it looks like it's it's around the shower. You have steam coming out. Uh, ordinary emulsion paint is permeable, and that means it allows moisture through it into the plasterboard. And because the plaster then is kind of continually wet from the steam, uh, the paint finds it hard to stay in place. So what I would be saying to you is scrape off as much as you everything. Scrape off everything you possibly can, and then sand it as smooth as you can. And this time when you paint, either paint with... Um, a scrubbable matte paint or to be honest with you because it's a, it's a bathroom ceiling and it's small we always recommend that you use a water-based satin paint so water-based satin paint is really designed for painting timber it's like gloss paint of years ago except nowadays instead of being oil-based gloss paint gloss is out satin is in it's all got to do with how it looks satin disguises every discrepancy uh, gloss highlights every discrepancy so things go through Fashion, so at the moment, satin is very, very much more popular than gloss. Um, so you don't want to gloss on your ceiling anyway, but also being water-based, it's much easier to apply. But the other beauty is it's exactly like emulsion paint. So if you put on two coats of water-based satin on your ceiling, uh, that means that the water can no longer permeate through the paint, so it won't peel off anymore. Is this common, by the way? Oh, very. Yeah, very common. Yeah, and just make sure you thin out the first coat of paint because of the peeling history thin out the first coat of paint to let it into the plaster and use a brush for the first coat of paint to let it into if you work if you use a brush I know it's a pain just where not in the whole ceiling just where it's peeled off if you use a brush you work it in the bristles work in the paint into the plaster much more so than a roller which just skims over it by the way the advent calendar prize today Definitely one for the farmer friend to whom you want to give a gift. A Mucol calving sensor. Do you know what that is, Brian? Um, it's a sensor that lets you know when a calf, cow is about to calve. Yes. No? Very good. Do you know how it works? No, I don't know how it works. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, more on that in a few minutes' time. Uh, back to lights and well this is a battery powered Santa so he lights up and he moves around and does all that uh, jazz but he devours batteries and he doesn't have a built in timer unlike maybe some of the more yeah, modern versions yes yes is it possible to get a timer for a battery operated Christmas decoration yeah actually and going back to just what I mentioned earlier about the battery lights it's only occurred to me now um so nearly everything nowadays that uses battery at Christmas has a built-in timer, nearly everything, including all the battery-operated candles that people use. Uh, you know the way you used to always be put a battery, put a candle in the window, mm. and there was a whole danger aspect. Now the candles look so realistic, um, but they're timered. So you put it in the window, you turn it on at 4 o'clock, and it comes on every day at 4 o'clock. But equally well, when we mentioned the battery lights, for lighting up the house in a paracut, the battery-operated candles. You know, if you have half a dozen battery-operated candles, you can put them all around the house and it'll light up the stairs, it'll light up everything safely. So again, keep those to hand in the event of a paracut. 
So I suppose for this listener, what you'd be saying is you can buy, if you have something that uses batteries, but you're going through the batteries very quickly, if it's near to a power source, source you can get, I don't know what they call them, battery adapter packs. So you can buy, say your, your, your Christmas Santa uses three AA batteries. You can buy a three AA adapter pack. And that means that you put in these three batteries the last one is connected to a wire and that's connected to a transformer. So you plug it in and now your battery operated appliance is now a mains appliance. So it only makes sense for something that's getting a lot of use that's going through the batteries very, very quickly. Um, we, had a, we had a lady in the shop a week or 10 days ago and she was buying a battery operated candle for use in on a grave. But she was driving to the grave the following day and I was really struggling. So I said, look, for a grave, you'd normally turn it on about five o'clock mm. and then it stays on for six hours. So it'll be on from five to 11. And so you just, turn, whatever time you want it coming on it, turn it on at that time. And it'll come on every day then from now until the batteries run out, which will be, you know, probably weeks or months for that matter. And she said, well, the problem is now I'm going to the grave tomorrow, but I won't be there at four o'clock or half four. I, I said, yes, yeah, so turn it on today. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, but 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 I'm, I'm going in the morning, and, and I kept. I obviously just wasn't oh, getting Lord. the message across. So I said, "Don't turn on today at four o'clock." And then go, "Don't touch it then," mm. and it will come on tomorrow when you're not there. Oh yeah, but 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 I won't be there at four o'clock. You are hard to understand. Yeah, I suppose. Well, as opposed to you, who is just hard to listen to. That's true. I once had a solar-powered candle for a grave. Yes. I think Arthur O'Mara was selling them. Yeah. The problem is people help themselves to these things. I oh, know. Isn't that horrible? It lasts no time. You put it down and oh, next time you visit it's gone. That's horrible. Now if you're travelling between Port Arlington and Tullamore through Geeshill, beware the traffic lights are not working properly and it is a very busy junction mm. in the middle of Geeshill. I once had a crash there, actually. You did, that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not my fault, may I say. Mm. But the caller asks, who is responsible for the maintenance of these lights because it's becoming a regular occurrence? It's a regional road, so that would be the County road Council. section of Offaly County Council. Yeah. Absolutely. Mary in Banagher says she has very limey water and constantly has to use lime scale remover on the shower head. Recently, after descaling the shower head, this is the one attached to the bath and putting it back on its fitting. We discovered the following day a blue streak down into the bath under the taps where there must have been lime scale residue. It looks like a blue marker stain. But when you press on it, it seems to have eaten into the cast iron surface. Is there anything we can do? So I would question whether it is some of the descaler that was just left alone and it, it was see all descalers are acids mm. okay and an acid now some of them we'd always recommend the lime free one because it's a safer version of one of some of the acids but in any the sense acid, that it's dyed and you'll see it is it yeah but it's also a more gentle one okay but having said that any acid left alone will etch will continue to eat away and that etches which leaves it it eats its way into a surface so in this particular case I would just try the descaler, the surface descaler. Now, the, the, the descaler that you would use to descale a shower head is different than the descaler that you would use on a surface. 
they both cont- contain similar products, but they're different. Mm-hmm. So what you would do in this case is if you think it's a build up a line um, and it feels rough, uh, it will feel rough on the surface. So just try the descaler first and see. So you brush it on. I would on an upright surface, what I think you do is either brush it on two or three times in succession. So brush on, come back in five minutes, brush on, come back in five minutes, brush on and maybe do that three or four times and then scrub it off and then dry it. And you're drying it to make sure it's all gone. That's the purpose so that it doesn't etch. Now, if you feel it has eaten its way in, really the best thing to do is to get some, well, what I always say is agri-tape, silage tape. It's a black, very cheap, very strong tape. So you would tape around the mark. And the purpose, the silage tape won't, anyway, tape around the mark and then get super fine black emery paper. So maybe 2,000 grade emery paper and just sand that very lightly. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to go back to the white enamel while uh, removing the, the rough surface. And will it look infinitely better than it does now? Yes. Will it be absolutely 100%? Probably not. You might see a slight shading difference, but it will still look so much better than it does now. And by doing by taping around it, you're just doing a nice, neat rectangle or square or whatever and that means that it doesn't look as bad if there is a slight difference afterwards. Brian Clunan is with us from Clunan's Hardware in Tullamore. Time for a few more questions after these. Midlands Today with Tullamore Motors Opal. Take charge with the Opal 241 electric range available to order today. Choose your model and set off on your zero emissions journey. TullamoreOpal.ie Brian Clunan is here from Clunan's Hardware in Tullamore for another couple of minutes. Are you going to hang me or not? Of course I'm going to bloody hang you. He was to bring in a few Christmas presents into the radio station this morning. Now, he has, they were under the Christmas tree at home. And it is a slim Christmas tree. He was told the presents are wrapped in Marvel paper wrapping mm. and they're under the Christmas tree. And he couldn't find them. Thanks for spoiling Secret them. Santa, by the way. He couldn't find them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he couldn't find them. And his wife had to drive from Dangan back home and then back into Tullamore to find the presents that were clearly, distinguishably uh, wrapped and under the Christmas tree. They weren't under a forest of Christmas trees. They were under one slim Christmas trees. You are one lazy, impatient git. Couldn't see them. Oh, and happy Christmas, by the way. <laughs> Moving swiftly on, now that you've gotten that out of your system. My daughter decided to do a bit of rearranging of her bedroom furniture, says this rather disgruntled dad. And in doing so, she dragged her wardrobe across the dark wooden floor, leaving big white scratch marks behind. Is there any way to make this less noticeable before her mother sees them? Yeah, we've all been there, I think, or at least something similar. At least disgruntled dad is coming to the rescue. Yeah, exactly. So look, just get a, a take a picture of the floor. The best uh, when you take a picture of a floor, hold after you've taken the picture, hold the phone down beside the floor and see is it an accurate representation. Because sometimes what happens is you take a picture and with a flash or whatever, it's not actually accurate. So you want to just sit the phone beside the floor afterwards and say. Does that picture accurately reflect the colour? And then go into your local hardware shop or paint shop and get a small tin of wood dye that is close as possible. So when you buy a wood dye, they should have pieces of timber with the wood dye on it. 
And a wood dye is really, it's a, it's a, I try and get an oil-based one and you just get a rag and rub it into it and it'll be almost invisible. Like you'll know it's there, she'll know it's there, but unless someone's attention is drawn to it, it'll be almost invisible. You didn't make the usual rag joke about my shirt. <laughs> well, I, I, I realised that your wife is in studio and may have bought the shirt. So I was about to make the, the usual joke and I said, no, do you know what? I won't say anything. Clever. Hi there. In the upstairs bathroom, the bath is fibreglass. And after a long time investigating where we've had a leak, we've discovered there's a hairline crack in the bath. It's a tight space and it would involve a lot of work to replace. So I'm wondering, is there maybe a filler or a glue that could repair it instead? Yeah. So the bath is like you. Thick. A little bit cracked. Oh, right. Sorry. <laughs> so, look, two things. The best thing is fill it from underneath if you can. If you can get some fibreglass matting from a motor factory's and just follow the instructions and pat it into place and that will take care of the problem completely. It won't look nice, but it will completely take care of it. But if it's in under the bath, then problem solved. Otherwise, get a clear epoxy glue or resin and mix it and just apply it over the crack. Now, it'll be there, you'll see it, but it'll be clear and it will seal it completely and it will be able for the temperature and that'll work fine. But if, if you at all possible can get under the bath, which nine times out of ten you can, the fibreglass matting will definitely take care of the problem completely. A listener heard the reference to the solar candle for the grave and is wondering, is there such a thing as solar Christmas lights? They would be more affordable in the long term. The problem, we, we, I don't think you'll get them anywhere now practically because of the problems that were with them. So everybody, we all tried them. We all found that people came back and said, I bought this. It's now lighting for an hour a day. Just the daylight hours in mm. Ireland. It, the problem was you wanted this to work for eight hours and you were getting, it started off working for eight hours. And then as the lights, as the, as the darkness creeps in, it ends up that come Christmas week, which is when you want it most, you're only getting an hour or two of light and then it's dimming down to nothing because you just don't have enough daylight hours. And <clears throat> if the frost and frost gets on the screen and that stops the, the light from passing through, there was all these problems with them. So I, they're very hard to get now for that reason. No one wants to sell them. So if your budget stretches, you may just buy solar panels for the house. <laughs> <laughs> but your battery lights have gone so cheap now. You can buy a set of battery lights for next to nothing. A five or a tenner will buy you a big set of lights, you know. So I, that's the route to go. And the batteries will last from now to Christmas. Very good. We are out of time. Oh, well, listen, can I wish yourself and your lovely family a very, very happy Christmas. Many happy returns. And a happy Christmas to all the listeners to whom listen in and enjoy the crack that we always have. And in spite of everything, we do actually get on well. And we will be back on the 3rd of January with more. OK, great. Feel magical this Christmas. Love Christmas. The guy hasn't even done a 5K as far as I know. Now he's going to take on a marathon. Anyway, more details in 20 minutes' time. Also, if you should find yourself in the unfortunate position of needing an emergency department in Tullamore, Portlaoise or Mullingar this Christmas, what to expect? Also, and uh, this is a very sad story, unfortunately, the loss of a leash journalism student, Joe Drennan, in a hit and run and his bereaved friends and family and loved ones left behind. A beautiful tribute is being arranged and you'll hear more about that at a quarter to 12 today.
When you call 0818 300 103 is the Midlands 103 comment line. You can text or WhatsApp 083 30 10 103, powered by Lamb Brothers Toyota in Tullamore. And just when perhaps the world seemed a little bit too dark, when there were stories of extremism in different parts of the planet, here's a shining light, a little bit of hope, proof that the human spirit is well and truly alive. And it's right here in the Midlands as one man and his team, his band of brothers, are going to feed more than 200 families over the Christmas period. Jamie joins us from Jamie's Amber Filling Station in Tyrrell's Pass. Jamie Carroll, how are you? Carroll, how's the farm? Very well, thank you. Tell us what you're planning. So basically, um, I've been working with Ken for the last number of years, but as we know, Ken is just um, unwell this year. So this is Ken Smullen. Ken Smullen, yeah, yeah. So with the Ken Smullen food appeal. So I wasn't, I was kind of thinking with my own schedule and everything else, I wasn't looking like I was going to manage to get much done this year. But then it wasn't sitting easy with me to do nothing. So we said, well, I was speaking to Ken and his wife Sandy and stuff, and they said to go at this on my own and create kind of something um, without Ken um, this year. So when we put the plans together and it all just came together with the sponsors and everything else I got there, it just blew up our control. So it was um, on Facebook and everything else. So the plan is where we were initially only planning to go out and deliver on Christmas Eve, the early hours of Christmas Eve morning and get what we thought would have been achievable done now is not achievable that we're going to be probably right through the night on the 23rd into the 24th and getting the outskirts of Mullingar and the outskirts of Tullamore done on the 23rd. And in your head, when you hatched the plan, what number did you have in mind initially? Oh, uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I didn't expect it to be this, to be honest with you. I didn't expect um, as many just coming forward and as many people just coming forward and kids and families and everything else like that there, you know. Tell us more about that, the the willingness to give both from individuals and from sponsors. Oh, there's a huge, huge, like, <clears throat> out in Terrell's Pass, we come from a fantastic village, like, even this morning, like, there's people just dropping down donations and everything else like that there. So just to be able to, to achieve it, and then, like, already from the main sponsors that we've had for the last number of years, the dinners and everything else was covered. So from the most recent sponsors coming in now, we'll go back down to all the orders and what we'll achieve hopefully by this evening then is when they just get organised on the numbers and that on every child that will be on the list we'll be able to add a selection box into the hampers as well. And just some reassurance, sometimes sponsors are looking for publicity or a photo call. Mm. This is going to be very discreet. Oh, everything, everything I'll be doing, like I'll be delivering all the stuff and everything else, there'll be nobody. Every dinner will be prepared the same. Every box will be prepared the same. Everything, when we produce it in the kitchen, there will be no different. There'll be, everything will be going into a box and every dinner will be packed exactly the same. So when we're out delivering, there's no names, there's no nothing. I'm the only one that has air codes, names and phone numbers of the people. I'll be driving around. It'll be a simple drop. I've touched base with everybody that I've been able to get on the list. They know and when I'm going to be calling, I'll confirm the times closer to the time and it'll only be me dropping the stuff. And unfortunately, I've made it clear to some of them, it will be the early hours of the morning, it'll be late at night, 
but if that's if that's what we have to do to reach these people, that's what we simply have to do. So as things stand, how many families will you be knocking on the door of? We've do, I've had to, I stopped at Dirramorn at 221 families because we physically, even at that now, it'll be a, a serious push to get out to all that now um, and try to get back to my own place then at a reasonable time on Christmas Eve to look after my own few bits and pieces, mm. you know. And what are you giving up? What would be your normal Christmas Eve routine, Jamie? Oh, well, I'm also a staff nurse up in St. James Hospital, but I'm off now. I finished up in the hospital as of yesterday. So normally I will be in the shop probably pretty much on a long day on Christmas Eve if I wasn't working in the hospital. Okay, so a busy man taking on a busy, busy project. <laughs> what motivates you? I just think that, I think just the feel that I think we all like to be at home for Christmas Day or with some sort of loved ones. Mm. So I would think to see some people go without on Christmas Day is just not right. And that's the staggering contradiction of Ireland in 2023, isn't it? Where we see, thankfully, a lot of people have and relative to years ago there is more wealth in Ireland than mm. used to be the case but it's very uneven and oh, very sure. like there are some like people who, who will be in such genuine need at Christmas mm. yeah like there's a whole demographic of people just kind of after being are so like left behind from a certain point you know what I mean and then like we'll always have like I suppose family struggling with addiction and everything else then that also need a certain level of help as well, you know. A few people are asking, Jamie, if there is anything further that you need, anything they can do. At this stage, are you at capacity? Oh, totally, totally. And genuinely, even this morning, waking up to messages this morning, there's genuinely, I've tried to message back as many people in the last kind of since I closed in the morning that I just genuinely can't and to just to reach out to some other charities or whatever else but I genuinely, genuinely couldn't physically possibly meet any more of the demand that we're at currently at the minute and I don't want to accept any more and then maybe to let somebody down or whatever else like that there that would be the last thing we'd want to do, you know. Jamie, I must commend what you're doing. It is the true spirit of Christmas and I wish you well. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's Jamie Carroll from Jamie's Amber Filling Station in Tyrrell's Pass. Now, still on the agenda today, if you should end up at an emergency department in Tullamore, Port Leash or Mullingar over the Christmas period, there are some additional uh, rules and procedures to keep in mind and just to be aware of what other options may be available to you if it's a relatively minor matter. And if you fancy joining... The Marathon Movement. Peter Dunn from Midlands 103 Breakfast is going from the studio chair to a marathon in the space of four months. In theory, at least, if not in practice. More details in just over ten minutes. The Midlands Most Listened To Radio Show. Midlands Today. Midlands 103. Christmas is a time of celebration, so the last thing you will listen to now is a lesson from the fun police. But keeping everything in context, yes, there will be some celebration. 
there may be a little overindulgence, and statistically, the risk of trips and falls goes up in winter time anyway. We also have RSV, COVID, flu, those nasty respiratory bugs in circulation. So all of this means emergency departments tend to be very busy over the latter weeks of December and continuing into January. So if you should find yourself in need of care, let's find out what you should be aware of in the next couple of weeks. Orla Cotter works with the Public Health Department for the HSE in the Dublin and Midlands regions. Orla, good morning. Hi, Will. How are you? Thanks for having me on. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's worth noting that it's not just the emergency departments that will be open if somebody has a relatively minor complaint, whether it's a trip or a fall, minor injury. What's a good rule of thumb for deciding where you should go? Yeah, so as you've outlined at the start there, Will, we have seen a sharp increase in these respiratory viruses. You mentioned RSV, flu and COVID. Unfortunately, some people are at higher risk of developing serious complications or requiring hospitalizations if they were to become unwell with these viruses. In particular, that's older adults, children under two and anyone with a weakened immune system or a chronic underlying condition. There are things, however, that listeners can do to protect themselves over the next couple of weeks and to be able to enjoy the festive season, I suppose, to its fullest. I mean, ultimately, we want to prevent people getting unwell. We want to prevent the spread of any infection. So, again, we're asking people to stay home if they're unwell, that they'd keep children home from school or crash if they're unwell, to catch your coughs and sneezes and wash your hands regularly during the day. And I suppose most importantly, you know, what people can do to keep themselves well is to avail of any and all vaccines that are eligible, that they're eligible for and that are available to them. There is a couple of ways that people can check what vaccines are available to them. They can look up hse.ie. They can call HSE Live on 1-800-700-700. And you can always speak to your GP or or pharmacist if if you're not sure what the correct vaccines are for you. By the way, some of the viruses you mentioned will have slightly different symptoms, different degrees of severity. Is there any way to know which one you're dealing with? Yeah, so it it can be difficult for somebody to know what virus they have. I suppose ultimately the advice would be the same in terms of preventing getting any of these infections. It would be to stay home and wash your hands and get your vaccines. I suppose if you if you are concerned and you are in need of medical advice, there are a couple of options available to people. So I suppose a lot of people with these illnesses may be able to self-manage their symptoms at home. There are some good resources available online. The HSE has undertheweather.ie. Sometimes you can manage your symptoms with over-the-counter medications and your pharmacist would be a great resource to tell you what medications would be suitable for you and your symptoms. Um, You can contact your GP or your GP out of hours. I suppose in the Midlands we'd have mock. Um, So there is plenty of information and resources there for people. But ultimately, the message is try and prevent getting sick in the first place. So so stay home and make sure that you're getting any of your vaccines that are suitable for Mm. you. I know of two people who developed uh, respiratory problems in the last two weeks, both similar ages, both similar lifestyles. One, yeah, they had a persistent cough that remained longer than they would have ordinarily expected. The other... Uh, had to go to an emergency department because she was becoming short of breath, breathless, and 
I, I suppose that's important to keep in mind if you are concerned, even if the exactly. EDs are busy, don't take any chances on your own. Yes, if, if, if you are very concerned either for yourself or, or a loved one, um, if you get worse suddenly, if you can't keep yourself hydrated, if, if you're vomiting, um, if you do find that you're having severe breathing difficulties, then then absolutely, you know, we would encourage everyone to, to, to seek review, I suppose. Um, it does come back to trying to prevent you getting sick in, in, in the first place. And, and again, I suppose just to reiterate that there are people that are at higher risk. Those people are more likely to require care. I suppose we want to keep the channels open in our emergency departments that anyone who needs to be seen can be seen. So we would advise anyone who can care for their symptoms at home um, you know, to, to, to look at the resources that are available and to consider presenting you know, to their GP or GP out of hours. A listener says a few weeks ago they had a sore ankle and and this is a story of praise, by the way. They uh, went to their doctor. The doctor referred them on to the minor injury clinic in Mullingar. Uh, That's, I think, at St. Francis Private Hospital or it's it's under a new name these days. But anyway, they found the delays minimal and it was a much more rapid process than going through the ED based on their experience in the past. So are GPs able to filter and triage who needs to go to ED, who needs to maybe just go to the minor injury clinic? Is there a good understanding of the difference within the doctor community? Absolutely. And, and GPs would be specialists in, in determining where somebody would be best suitable to be referred to. Um, if you did have a trip or a fall over the winter period, then you know you can look up to see where your local injury unit is and and that will be a good option to get care and, and avoid you know visiting a busy emergency de- department so that, that is it is a good option and i think again it's just to, to consider are there other options available to you before you may have to present to an emergency department and do these injury clinics have many of the diagnostic tools that you would find in the hospital yeah, they would have what you'd need for your kind of minor injuries, brains, and if they don't, they can appropriately refer you on to, to the emergency department. And, you know, unfortunately, like you said, things do happen over Christmas, and really the important message is how people can prevent themselves getting unwell. Um, and it does come back to the key messages that, you know, we, we, we are always talking about in public health, and that is staying home if you're sick, don't spread it to others. You don't know who you're coming in contact with and what their vulnerabilities are. Make sure that you're washing your hands regularly and just checking to see that you have all the vaccines that are appropriate to you, your medical condition and, and, and your line of work. Now, as you've pointed out, Murphy's Law, if something does happen, it'll probably be out of hours when your regular GP has closed their doors and packed their bags and gone home for Christmas. So what will be the opening hours for the out-of-hour service? So, you know, GPs work 24-7 all year round. There is an on-call system. Um, so we have the MyDoc co-op. They will cover evenings and weekends. And I suppose we would ask that, you know, people would use MyDoc for something that really couldn't wait until you could speak to your own GP at the next available appointment. Um, but yes, there, there will be there will be GP services around over the Christmas period. But hopefully, people can take steps before they would ever get unwell and, and need to see a GP this Christmas. Well, that my doc service will be in place from six pm on Friday until eight am on Wednesday, the twenty seventh this day week. 
GP practices should be open as normal again Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of next week. Then over the New Year period, from Friday the 29th, 6pm, the MyDoc service will continue until Tuesday the 2nd of January at 8am, after which it should be normal service in GP practices. So I hope we've covered everything that you need to know. Um, But Orla, in the meantime, as you said, undertheweather.ie and there are various other online services for people to pick the brain of. Have a great Christmas and thank you for taking our call. Well, I might just mention one or two other resources that your listeners could mention, if that's okay. So we've mentioned under the weather, if you're unsure about your vaccines or what's suitable for you, obviously you can contact your GP or your pharmacy. There is a free phone number for HSE Live. I'll just give it out in case your listeners would be interested. It's 1-800-700-700. It's important to mention as well that the childhood flu vaccine is available. It's available for everyone 2 to 17. And there is actually a walk-in clinic in Tullamore next week. So next Wednesday and Friday, there will be walk-in clinics for children to get the nasal flu vaccine. It's a quick vaccine. It's a squirt up the nose. It's it's fairly drama-free. Uh, there's one on Wednesday at half one to half four, and there'll also be one on Friday the 29th at one to four p.m. And your listeners could could find that information on HSE Live. Orla Cotter, thanks for being generous with your time. Thank you so much, Will. And happy Christmas to you and your listeners. Thank you. And many happy returns. <laughs> Time for another feel-good Christmas hit. With Corcoran Hearing at the Midlands Consultants Clinic, Arden Road, Tullamore. Identifying hearing problems that may affect your child's speech, class interaction, even self-confidence. Find Corcoran Hearing on Facebook. Midlands 103. On Midlands 103 Breakfast, you'll often hear Peter Dunn say something silly. And thankfully, listeners are clever enough to see the funny side. No harm is done, but... This time he's gone a little too far. And as a result, he now has to put his money where his mouth is. As Peter shall now explain himself. I'm after doing something stupid. Some say, fair play to you. Some ask me, am I mad? I'll let you decide. You're in the pub, surrounded by good friends. The crack is just mighty and you're having a great night. But then, that little voice inside your head makes you say something stupid. I wouldn't mind doing a marathon someday, you know that? Sounds easy, doesn't it? After a few pints. The next day you're at home sitting on the couch and then someone reminds you of your stupidity. You know you agreed to run the marathon. Oh, shh. Let's rewind. I wouldn't mind doing a marathon someday, you know that? That's what I said to a good friend of mine who has been there, done that when it comes to marathons on many, many occasions. So he takes out his phone with a grin and he says, Really? There's one coming up in Manchester in April. I go, Oh, really? Oh. This Liverpool mad fan knows how to push my buttons. Yeah, I think you're running straight past Old Trafford. He did it again. Right, that's it. I'll do it. I'll do a marathon. Fast forward to present day. I'm sitting on the couch, sipping on a cup of tea, feeling very, very comfy. And then I get a reminder of that something stupid I said. Do you know what you've done? No. Do you know you agreed to run the marathon? Ah, yeah, but look, it was just talk after a few pints, you know, it's not the major. Probably all forgot... Uh-oh, a message comes through. Well, Peter, the uh, Manchester Marathon registration opens in two weeks. I was thinking we'd go for it. Do you want to book us in or will I book us in? Okay, he's serious. And then the question pops into my head. How does one go from sitting here on the couch, 
sipping tea and eating, what is it, a Fredo bar, to running an actual marathon. Now, I've never had the desire to run a marathon in my life. The thought of running four or five hours makes me physically sick. So I look it up. 42.2 kilometres. That's the equivalent of running from Mullingar to Athlone or Edenderry to Mount Melick or Port Leash to Kilbegan. Are you mad? But I think about it a little bit more. And that little voice in my head goes, Oh, you're 40 next year. Do it before then. <sighs> I wish that voice would just shut up. Now, I've never ran more than five kilometres in my life. And that was years ago. I was much younger then. Actually, I find running more than five kilometres boring. I get bored very quick. But let's think about that journey for a sec. What's involved? Can anybody run a marathon? Or do you have to be, you know, a certain type of person? How do you train? How many weeks would it take? How far do you have to run? Should you do more than just running training? What should you eat? What should you wear? There's loads of questions. But now let's think about the people who run marathons. Why do they do it? All that running just sounds like torture to me. But then I think there must be more to it than just running, you know? There has to be loads of stories from people all across the Midlands about their marathon adventures. As you're driving along in your comfy car and you see people pounding the pavements all across the Midlands, have you ever asked yourself, why are they doing it? What's their story? Don't tell me people like running because of the process of running, do they? There there must be something else behind it all. Right, let's do it. Let's do something I've never had any desire to do, ever. (sighs) Let's run a marathon. Training starts now. So over the next number of weeks, I'm going to go through the process of just sitting on the couch, having done no physical exercise for probably a year, to running a marathon. I'm going to be totally honest in my approach as well. I'm not going to sugarcoat this. This will be a warts and all process. And I will be reaching out to people all across the Midlands to give us some tips and advice on what to do, how to do it, when to do it. And of course, if you want to come along on this journey, be it as a runner or as a listener, it'll be incredible to have you on board. And I've had a look to see if there were any, you know, podcast series available to bring you through a marathon journey. But I can't find any. So what we're going to do is we're going to turn this into a podcast series as well. And if I'm going to put myself through torture, I might as well do it for a good cause. And having seen firsthand the incredible work done by the children's charity Barristown, we're going to start a fundraiser on their behalf. And throughout this series, I'll tell you how Barristown do such amazing work and when Rory and Rose from here made acoustic healthcare in the heart of Tullamore got wind of this they jumped at the chance to get on board with us and I'm absolutely delighted they popped in for a chat welcome Rory welcome Rose thanks very much thank you guys thanks so much for for making this possible because without you I don't know if we could make it possible if we could put it out there that we can raise so much money for Bar Sound so fair play to you guys thanks so much why did you want to get involved why did you want to torture me when just, it came just, to this it's just a very very worthy cause do you know what I mean there's mm. a lot of children out there that you know need help and yeah. what a great way to contribute <laughs> yeah I've seen firsthand the work to do they are absolutely amazing people yeah. genuinely they've changed lives and they're absolutely brilliant so what we're going to do is over the next 19 weeks uh, it will be tough it'll be gruelling 
and that's just listening to me that's all it is <laughs> and uh, it'll be but it's going to be a great journey we're really really yeah. looking forward to it so guys without you it wouldn't be possible so thank you so much yeah. but when it comes to running you know you're out in the road you're running away you're doing your 5k you're doing your long runs or whatever is there any long term damage to your hearing when you're out on the roads there wouldn't necessarily be too much long term damage to the hearing um, unless you're running, listening to extremely loud music while you're out on the run. <laughs> That's a possibility. But, <laughs> it makes it shorter, I can tell you that. <laughs> True. But um, what you would notice is a significant hearing loss. Um, it, can, it can be a danger to be on the roads, not, being, not hearing what's coming up behind you, not hearing if there's a lorry coming up or whatever the case is. And even to other pedestrians, when, you, when, you, when you're running, if somebody's on a bicycle coming up behind you, saying, mm-hmm. to your left, you might not yep. even... You might not even know that anybody's coming up. Awareness isn't there. That's exactly true. True, yeah, yeah. So when we're out and about in the roads, be careful. You know, have a listen out for traffic. Yeah. Have a listen out for for all sorts of vehicles. Just be aware uh, of your surroundings. That's it. And keep the levels of the music down. Yeah. So that you're still aware. Guys, Rory Rose from Here Med in Tullamore. Guys, thank you so much. Thanks for coming in and having Brilliant. a chat. Thank Best you. It's an luck. absolute pleasure. Best thank you. Luck. I will need all the luck I can get. <laughs> Trust me. We'll be spurring you on from our couches. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> So next week, myself and my good friend Christopher Cribben will be getting a marathon training schedule and we're going to be taking our first steps towards running 42.2 kilometres. I really could have picked a better time to start this because Christmas is just around the corner and my ability to eat my weight in celebrations on a daily basis could make it a rough start. So I'll tell you what, follow our journey on Breakfast and Midlands today, every Wednesday, and we'll update you on our progress, on our ups and downs, and also check out the podcast on midlands103.com or wherever you get your podcasts, and on our socials as well, where you can get active with Midlands 103, powered by Hearmed Tullamore. And don't forget to check out our website where you can find the I Donate page where all proceeds from this will go straight to the children's charity Barrettstown you can check that out on midlands103.com or find it on our social media pages right now right wish me luck because I'm going to need all the help I can get Get Active with Midlands 183 powered by HearMed Healthcare in the heart of Tullamore here when you need us hearmed.ie Hey, guess who foolishly said he would do the half marathon in Mullingar with him? So, wish me luck too. The Midlands most listened to radio show, Midlands Today with Will Faulkner. Midlands 103. Joe Drennan was a young man, just 21 years of age, and a promising young journalist when his life was tragically taken as he was waiting at a bus stop on his way home from work. And so we remember him this Christmas, but also his friends, his colleagues, his loved ones who will be grieving his loss. And from that tragedy, a rather unconventional Christmas track comes your way. From Molly Cantwell, who is one of Joe's many friends. Molly, good morning. Good morning. Tell us how you knew Joe. Um, so I I studied I'm studying journalism in UL and I've been in Joe's class for the past three and a half years. Um, and he was the man the 
editor-in-chief of Limerick Voice and I am the managing editor. So we were working very closely together um, throughout the first half of this year. And I'm reading your description of him, a force to be reckoned with, a passion and a talent and a charisma and an absolute grow for his work evident in everything that he did. Tell us more about about the person. Give us some insight as to who has been lost. Oh, Joe was just the most incredible person. Um, I'm really lucky to have been just even a small part of his life. Um, he was the most uh, funny and um, talented and just, oh, the, when he was in a room, the presence that you felt in that room was something else. Like, we spoke about it all the time just after his passing that even getting a compliment from Joe on your work or on anything was like the biggest thing. It meant more than an editor. It meant more than a lecture. He he just was such a talent and had such an amazing energy around him at all times. And it's always difficult to process a loss like this, one that is so random, so sudden, so unexpected. When eventually, when eventually you came to terms with it, how did you uh, decide and why to cover the river? Um, to be honest, I, I just have been thinking of different ways to try and memorialise Joe like since he passed um, and my whole class and all of his friends, everybody has been trying to do the same. Um, and coming up to Christmas, it's a time when so many people, you know, suffer feel that suffering of their loss even if it's not recently it, it you know it's a time that you remember your loved ones um and I was walking by the River Shannon in Limerick which Joe loved and which we shot our promo video for um the Limerick Voice this year just just a few weeks before he passed and the idea came to me that it would be such a lovely way to remember him through a Christmas charity single and um also suitably dramatic. Joe was a very dramatic person, very, very dramatic character. And this is the only fitting way that I could think um, to really honour his memory. And anybody who knows their folk music will know the name Emma Langford. But for others, tell us how this collaboration came about. So Emma's actually a really good friend of mine. Um, we met, it, we're, we're both living in Limerick, um, and, and we met through through a big collection of friends and she was the first person that I thought of to reach out to do something like this. I knew that her name attached to it would carry a lot of weight and I also knew how much of an amazing person that she would, that she'd be so happy to contribute to this. So I just reached out to her and it really snowballed from there. Well, the song is available on Bandcamp and what do you hope will be the outcome of this if people rally behind it? I really just hope that we can raise as much money for Gay Community News, um, the, the LGBTQ plus news outlet, um, as possible. Joe worked for them throughout his work experience and he continued to work with them afterwards. And he was so proud of the work that he did there and the work that they were doing. And, you know, they're, they're a not-for-profit organisation, they're a registered charity, and they do so much good in their community um, and for the whole of Ireland that I really just hope we can raise as much money as possible for them and associate a little bit of Christmas with Joe every time you think of the single. 
Well, congratulations on putting it together, Molly, in very difficult circumstances and with all of the feelings so raw. It's going to play out the programme for us today. And thank you very much for taking our call. Thank you so much. Molly Cantwell, friend of the late Joe Drennan from County Leash. Use your TFI Young Adult or Students Leap Card on board Bus Erin services as part of the Transport for Ireland network. Visit buserin.ie today.